As a, a brother introduced me previously, my name is Cyprian, and I'm thankful for the blessings of being able to share with you my testimony in this morning. The story that I'm going to tell you now is the story of how I once was hopeless, but now I have the greatest hope because I know that my Redeemer lives and that I will see him someday. For through his perfection, sacrifice, I am now a child of God. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 4 to 5 says, And as for your birth, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to cleanse you, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling clothes, nor I pity you to do any of these things to you out of compassion for you. But you were cast out on the open field, for you were abhorred on the day that you were born. The prophet Ezekiel uses a picture of unwanted abandoned child to describe Israel before God took them as his people. What Ezekiel described Figuratively, describe my own story literally. I was born <clears throat> in Rwanda, in Africa. And uh, my country is located in the central eastern part of the continent of Africa. Rwanda is a landlocked country that shares its in international boundary with Democratic Republic of the Congo in the west, Burundi in the south, Tanzania in the east, and the Uganda in the north. Uganda actually is 26 times smaller than Texas. <laughs> I was not born in the city or in the hospital but in a small rural village. I was born with two deformed hands and feet into a family of spirit and the idol worshippers. When I was born, one of my hands had only three fingers, this one, and the other had six. Also, both of my feet were deformed and crippled, and my right eye was closed at birth. My parents were frightened by me and were convinced that nothing good could come from this strange newborn. Because of my severe deformities, my parents named me Yamuragie, which means unknown. Every time I write my name, it reminds me of the writing of the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17, verse 23. It says, For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with the inscription, 
to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The Creator God was unknown to me during my early years. By thank Jesus Christ for His grace, I'm not unknown, but known by God the Father through Jesus Christ, my Savior. In my village, I was an outcast from my own family and society. My parents thought I was a dangerous animal hybrid, and so they tried to kill me in my childhood. They superstitiously believed that I was an evil spirit that would grow into a large liar that would consume the village. In their twisted drunken mind, my family would often beat me, and my father even attacked me with a machete. To them, I was Yamurajie, a fierce animal who needed to be killed so the village would be safe. My few early memories of inexpressible pain and torture, both physically and emotionally. Not only did my parents hate me, the rest of the village rejected me. I was mistreated, spat upon, and cursed by the villagers. I wrongly believed that I had no purpose and no reason to live in this world. I wrongly believed that I was a victim of a wicked creator and of a people who were not made like me. And I drowned in my own self-pity. My severe disability and all my experiences as a youth convinced me that God was not good at all. I allowed myself to be angry with God and cursed Jesus Christ and his father several times. In my many troubles, I couldn't understand how God could be called almighty and loving. I was spiritually blind and dead, full of unbelief. I was hopeless. I felt I could never overcome anything. I have never possessed a record of my birth, so I do not know exactly how old I was, but it was somewhere between age 8 and 10 that I abandoned hope and tried to commit suicide. I thank God for his protection. If I had successfully killed myself at that time, I would have died apart from Christ and would never have been able to experience his glorious, gracious presence. I will have gone to hell for a lifetime of torment alone, separated from God's presence. Thanks be to God, he saved my life. Despite the incredible darkness of my early life, 
God blessed me with a ray of hope from a surprising source. I was about 10 years old when a very poor Muslim prostitute came to my home village. She found me in the street begging for food and water and clothes. And her heart was filled with pity and compassion. She took me in and cared for me in her small hut in another village. Her home proved to be a place of peace for me and a hope for my life. For the first time, I was able to lay down my head in safety. Still, life was not easy, but I felt like a human being for the first time in my life. These unexpected blessings gave me a new hope. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 15 says, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even this may forget, yet I will not forget you. Although this Muslim prostitute had good intention, it soon became too much for her to feed me. She found a place for me at a Catholic orphanage where I had food and a place to lay my head. But the other children teased and mocked me. At the Catholic orphanage, I felt ashamed, lost, and hopeless because of being rejected by everyone. I was ashamed around the other able-bodied children, so I gave myself a birthday to help convince myself I was really human and not an animal. I adopted January 1st, 1980 as my official birthday. This period of relative comfort did not last long as genocide came to Rwanda. During the Rwanda genocide, I experienced the horrible torture and I was attacked by both ethnic groups because I did not have an identity card which would place me with either group. In 1994, at a time when identity was a matter of life and brutal death, I was left exposed to the furious hatred that swept through Rwanda. I was savagely beaten by both ethnic groups but Jesus Christ, the author of good, graciously supplied me with his protection, even though I was not yet following him. In April of 1994, I was injured, a horrible massacre during which many people were killed in the Catholic churches in Yamata and the orphanage where I lived. I cannot forget the smell of death. As a result of my injuries, I was taken to Italy 
for treatment. Despite the doctor's best efforts, they were unable to save my leg. In all of this, the only one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob preserved me through torture, harassment, mistreatment, and multiple arrests. The good creator God of universe always took care of me. This is why Isaiah chapter 49 verse 15 means so much to me. The triune God did not forget even me dealing over that evil. He preserved my life and I survived the genocide when I was about 14. These events took a toll on me in many more ways than just physically. I suffered from depression, hopelessness, anxiety, frustration, flashbacks, nightmares, fatigue, and sleeping and the eating disorders. I was diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I lay in the hospital for bed, in hospital bed for one year, full of lamentation for what I called my cursed life. Even when I was in Italy, safe from the violence in my home country, I continued living a hopeless life, denying God's grace in my life and fighting against the loving God who made me in this way. During my four years in Italy, I had started practicing Catholicism, but I was not a born-again Christian. I had the same problem as Nicodemus, one of the members of the Sanhedrin in the Gospel of John. I had not been born again. Around the years 2000, after returning to Rwanda, I was hospitalized for pain treatment. In that hospital, I met a Pentecostal woman named Mukakarisa Rosary. She was the person the God of Israel used to tell him about the good news of salvation. She was truly living according to the biblical truth she believed. And her actions proclaimed God's love to all people around her. When we talked she spoke several times about the love that Jesus Christ had for me. Pointing to what I called my ugly hands and legs as proof of my case, I wrongly tried to argue that the God who created me cannot be good. This had been my practice for years. 
I rejected God's truth, wrongly trying to prove that the God who created me cannot be merciful and loving. I tried to convince Rosary that what she was saying about goodness of God could not possibly be true. Rosary offered to pray for my salvation by faith in Christ, but I refused to let her pray for my salvation. She knew what I needed in my life, which was to be spiritually healed. So she prayed for me anyway. The Holy Spirit changed me, and for the first time, I started to see that the one true God was always right, and that everything He created was very good. The Holy Spirit started the work of salvation in my life. I believed in Christ and repented of my sins. The Holy Spirit has maintained this confession with me to this day. After a few days, I was baptized by immersion in the Pentecost church. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 says, And I hear the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Romans chapter 8 verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. After the Holy Spirit started the work of salvation in my life, I was the happiest and the most joyful I had ever been. And after being filled with the Holy Spirit, I could not stop speaking about Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God and His grace. I started proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, hoping to see many people from my birth village give their lives to Jesus Christ. I immediately began telling as many people as I could about the good news. I especially hoped to see a change in my parents' lives and the lives of the people from my village. Unfortunately, the first time I shared the good news with my village, they did not welcome it. Instead, I was detained by official for preaching salvation in Jesus Christ. While I was detained, I was beaten by a man named Osman. Even though I received many beatings because of my faith in Jesus Christ, and I didn't like it, to be honest with you. Yet I was still joy because I knew what was happening to me happened to my Lord Jesus Christ and to all who were his disciples. In 2011, the God of Israel opened the door for me to advance his kingdom in another country's 
where they hate Jesus Christ and the gospel. Even though there were many difficulties as I preached through Africa, heading northward, God gave me joy bringing the gospel to Muslim countries for the sake of Jesus Christ. The worst prison I have ever been in was in Khartoum, North Sudan. It was a horrible prison. The government of Khartoum did not even allow me to have my crutches while I was in jail for my faith in Christ. I had to get around by scooting myself on the floor. Though they took every physical thing I owned, they could not remove my faith in Jesus Christ. Christ is everything I have. He comforted me continually through his words. Preaching salvation in Jesus Christ to all people is not foolish. Even though it is costly. I was full of joy to see things as God see them and to know the importance of Jesus' crucifixion, death, and resurrection. My experiences testifies to the fact that if people hate Jesus Christ, they will hate those of us who follow him and will treat us like they treated him. God put it in the heart of a Muslim man to help, and providentially, I was released from Khartoum jail. After my release, I continued to proclaim the good news of salvation to Muslims and the others that I had the opportunity to meet. I spread the gospel in North Sudan and the other countries through street evangelism, preaching churches, personal evangelism, with people in the markets and the other ways. Life in Khartoum, after I was released from prison, was very difficult to the point that I did not have food to eat or a place to sleep. I had to beg for food, and several nights I slept in the street of Khartoum, expecting to be killed any time by the enemy of the gospel. I was afraid, absolutely I was. But because I wanted them to be saved, I had to press on and trust the Holy Spirit for the work of salvation in their hearts. Eventually, I traveled through Egypt, the Egyptians in the Sinai Peninsula were very angry with me when they heard me testifying that Jesus Christ died for Muslims, that they should trust in him alone, and that Christ is the, the one and the only true God of Israel. Eventually, I fled towards Israel and crossed through the Sinai Peninsula on foot and night, hoping 
because of my severe and difficult terrain. While I was crossing the border between Egypt and Israel, Egyptian soldiers were shooting at us. I do not have words to explain the miracle that I experienced while I was at the border between Egypt and Israel, but I can show you some of the pictures I took when I returned to the area to help you picture what happened. What I want you to know is that Jesus Christ, who was with the Israelites, was also with me, and that he's the only one who was able to, pro to protect me from the Egyptian shooting at me. While God did not send a Moses to help me through the wilderness, and he did not split a rock to provide me with water on my journey, he did bless me by bringing me through the wilderness in three days instead of 40 years. When I reached the land of Israel, I was jailed because I had illegal entered through the fence in the Sinai wilderness. While I had been in prison several times before because of my faith in Jesus Christ, this prison was entirely different from the previous ones, and there was the only one, the only place I entered without legal documents. By this time, I entered Israel illegal because I was fleeing the religious persecution I experienced across Africa. The Kittiot prison was so different than the jails I had been in previously that I thought it was a hotel. I was not beaten or treated like in Africa jails. I was surprised to find that instead of beatings, I was given water and even food. The guards also allowed me to minister to other prisoners, and I had prayer meeting on every Wednesday. Those were wonderful times of fellowship with the other prisoners in the promised land. Jesus Christ worked out my liberation by using a very kind Jewish lawyer to secure my release. I was briefly placed in a homeless shelter in Beersheba. After a few months, I moved to Tel Aviv, though I did not have a place to stay. After my release from Kitsiot prison, My life in Tel Aviv was difficult. And it became clear for me that living in the Israel prison was better than, than sleeping on the street in Tel Aviv. One day, I went to the immigration office and asked to put me back in Kitsiot prison, even though I was not guilty of any crime. They did not accept my request. No crime, no prison in Israel. 
But even though life was difficult on the street of Tel Aviv, I knew the whole time that God was good despite my homeless condition. Though I sometimes went hungry, I never wanted for spiritual food from God's word. In 2014, God used fellow believers in Christ to connect me with to a Messianic pastor who, with the help of a Jewish lawyer, provided a way for me to study as part of one-year program at the Israel College of the Bible in Etania. Studying at ICB was very difficult, but the God of the Bible sustained me in my studies and enabled me to graduate. While I was living in Israel, I had many opportunities to advance God's kingdom, especially in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Tel Aviv, and many places in the West Bank. After my graduation from ICB, I kept sharing the gospel. The God of the universe gave me the opportunity to share the gospel with Jews, Muslims, lawyers, United Nations workers, doctors, atheists, Buddhists, Samaritans from Jericho, the Jewish people from Israel, and many others. In my experience, many people with different beliefs enjoy asking me questions about how, about my hope, where my joy comes from, and of course about how I was able to overcome my hopelessness and unbelief, though the biblical truth that set people free. When I was living in Israel, my life was safe, but I became a man without a country. I only had a temporary visa, and my life was difficult, but Christ always provided for my daily life. It was after my study at Israel College of the Bible that I met Brother Larry and a team of believers who worked for U.S. Embassy in Israel. They connected me with the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. When the seminary heard my story, they offered me a scholarship to cover my tuition and room if I could legally make it to the United States. Though I did not have anyone shooting at me as I prepared to come to America, several difficulties arose in the process. By the God of the Bible used United Nations workers and American friends who helped me in every step of my journey to America. God providentially opened the doors for me when I should not have been able to get to the U.S. When I first arrived in the U.S., I was very excited, and for a few days, I thought I was dreaming. For the first time, I had a country to call home. I mean, earthly home. However, my feelings about the U.S. was like, uh, was like heaven, and that my life would be perfect. While I loved to be in the U.S. 
and I thank God for bringing me here, I've come to realize that America is a country with sinful people just like everywhere else. It's just a lot better than many countries I've been in. I am constantly reminded of the goodness of God toward me, even though I do not deserve it. In 2017, when I was invited by Dr. Page Patterson, the former president of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, to dinner and share my life story, this reminded me of Mephibosheth's story from the book of Samuel. I could identify myself with Mephibosheth when he paid homage to David and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? It's in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 8. It was a really God's grace and the purpose for me to come to the U.S. and to be able to attend seminary to prepare me for my calling to advance God's kingdom on the earth. God is faithful and gives good gifts to his children, you and I. Thanks to his provision, I can now drive and have received many Blessing that comes along with that gift of driving. Even though I am ex experiencing many blessings in my life in America, I strongly believe that only in heaven will everything be perfect. And I am keeping my eye fixed on that day. Jesus Christ is my hope, and by his merit, I will be in the kingdom of God, the Father. Only in that place will be there, will, will be there no more pain or need of prosthetic leg or PTSD. In my life, I have been disappointed by many people, but Jesus Christ, my creator God, will never disappoint me. I am in Christ and Him there is no condemnation. I want to be, I want to be with those who Daniel described and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. It's in Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is enabled to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Conclusion. My encouragement from the word of God to suffering people is in Revelation chapter 21 verse 4 which says, He will wipe away every fear from the eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former have passed away. Also Isaiah chapter 
35, verse 5 to 7, it says, Then the eye of the blind shall be opened, and the tear of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and the streams in the desert. If you would trust in Christ, he will heal you one day when he returns to take all of his people into his new kingdom. Although you may not have physical healing while you are alive, but God is faithful and they will sustain you even in your difficulties as he has done in my life. I strongly believe that I am still alive today, this morning, solely because of God's grace and the future purpose for my life. Jesus Christ, my good creator God, has always supplied me with everything I need. He is everything I have. And I very much love that he always gives me what I need, not what I want. To believers who are struggling to move forward spiritually, I urge you to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will straight your path. Be not wise in your own eye. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 7. Honor Christ in your own eye. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Search his word, submit and obey what you find there. In Christ are hidden all the treasure of knowledge and the wisdom. And he will reward those who seek him. Don't trust in riches. Don't trust in health. Look to Christ. And once you find direction from God's words, obey him no matter what. I have had many misfortunes in my life, but nothing has been so horrible as when I have failed to do what God's word requires, requires of me. Lastly, I want to encourage those who are, or know those who are lost and spiritual dead as I used to be, before the Holy Spirit started the work of salvation in my life. Please, run to Christ as the only hope for your salvation. And remember that the Lord Jesus Christ in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 verse, verse, from verse 18 to 19 says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and the obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be beaten by the sword. 
for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Even when I was fighting against the God, He always provided for me. And because of God's rich supply in my life, I am spiritually healed. I was spiritually bl blind, but now I know and see without a doubt that Jesus Christ is love. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I can clearly see that I do not have the right to deny God's love just because I was severely disabled. By God's mercy, I now love God because He first loved me, despite fighting, find, finding nothing good in me. Jesus Christ justified me, redeemed me, and sanctified me, and one day He will glorify me. Everybody, through Jesus Christ, through faith in him alone. Jesus Christ began his ministry saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Matthew chapter 1 verse 15. Please don't perish because of your lack of knowledge. It's your, your day to repent and turn back. That your sins may be blotted out and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 39. Thank you for your time and remember Jesus Christ, the creator God of universe, loves you. Thank you.